Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for Tuesday, the 15th of November. Flyers back in action tonight. They will be back in Columbus. Feels like they were just in Columbus. Why? Because they were just in Columbus. Uh, they'll take on the Blue Jackets again tonight. They'll look to avenge that 5-2 loss last week. It was basically a 3-2 game, and then two empty net goals by Columbus gave them the 5-2 win. Although the Columbus team that they're going to see tonight is going to look a little different. Two of their biggest weapons not available. How about Patrick Laine is out now. He suffered a sprained ankle in Saturday's game against the Islanders, and he's expected to miss three to four weeks. And also we know that in that Flyer game, Zach Warinsky went down with the injury, the labrum injury or shoulder injury, and he is basically lost for the season three to four months. So the injury bug is not specific to the Flyers. It uh, has hit the Columbus Blue Jackets and hit them very hard over the last couple of days. Very important players that they're missing. So an opportunity for the Flyers to go in and play against a team, A, they just played against and lost, and B, against a team that's got some bodies out of the lineup. Flyers, of course, have bodies out of the lineup too and players not available. Uh, But this is an opportunity on what's a much less busy of a hockey week for the Flyers than last week. Only three games in the calendar week. So tonight in Columbus, Thursday, real tough matchup in Boston against the Bruins, who have been unbelievable so far this season. Matter of fact, their record, this I'm stunned where they are, to be honest with you. 14-2 and through six games. They've got 28 points. They're a plus 30. They've won four straight. I didn't see that coming for the Bruins this year, but... They are absolutely playing great hockey under Jim Montgomery. He's done a great job there early on. And then Saturday, they'll be in Montreal to take on uh, the Habs. So not a tremendously busy week from a hockey standpoint. Not a ton of games. Flyers riding a three-game losing streak. They finished last week with a record of two and three, losing the last three. And you know scoring one goal in two of those games and two goals in another. Got to get more offense. Got to get some offense from some D. Like Travis Sanheim has got to contribute offensively, and they got to get more guys involved, get more scoring, and continue to be better in their D zone. And structurally, the process of late has been good by the team, but the result has not. So they'll look to combine the two. The result of the beginning of the year when the process wasn't great, and now the process being good and getting combining that result with some wins. We'll see if they're able to do it. Again, it's not a world-beater week with the exception of the Bruins. Columbus tonight, minus a couple of key guys. The Montreal Canadiens on Saturday in between the best team in hockey and the Boston Bruins. But uh, it should be an interesting week nonetheless. Flyers and the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. Columbus still sitting in that bottom spot of the Metro. you got to think those, those injuries are really going to hurt them. Uh, they are... Four, nine, and one on the season. Nine points, minus 23 in goal differential. Flyers come into this game, 15 games played, seven, six, and two, 16 points, tied for the fifth spot in the division. Uh, they are tied in points with uh, the Washington Capitals, who've played two more games than the Flyers, and one point ahead of the Pittsburgh Penguins, who have played the same amount of games as the Flyers. 15 points in 15 games for the Pens. They're 2-6-2 two, and two in their last 10. So, you know, it, it's interesting, too, because as I'm looking at this game tonight, we talked last week about points percentage. And the Columbus Blue Jackets come into the game tonight 
at .321 points percentage in the NHL, 31st in the league. And at the time, the Flyers, I believe, were 8th in points percentage, and they were, they were ahead of teams like the Rangers, like the Washington Capitals, uh, like the Toronto Maple Leafs and Florida Panthers. But just three-game losing streak on a small sample size this early in the season can plunge you in the points percentage, and it did to the Flyers. I think they got up as high as fifth in the NHL in points percentage after they beat the St. Louis Blues, but with those three straight losses and a, and a record of 7-6-2, and two, it's now .533 points percentage, 20th in the NHL. doesn't take long early in the season to plunge. Uh, we'll see if they can up that coming up tonight against Columbus. The other thing I wanted to talk about in this episode, you know, it's interesting doing a daily podcast. I don't go back and listen to old episodes, but sometimes as I'm loading the episodes in, I'll see the descriptions that I type in uh, for each individual episode. And really, a lot of what this podcast is, it's not really just a daily podcast. It's more of a season diary. It's a diary with entries every day of what's going on and what happened, reacting to it or predicting what's going to happen based on a game or a series of games coming up. Uh, players hurt and all of those things. It's just the daily diary of a season. And, you know, the interesting part to me is as I'm reading through some of these descriptions, even through last year, and I think we've done, God, so many episodes at this point, 700. But looking at the descriptions, oftentimes those descriptions and the conversations that we have on here especially when we don't have guests, are oftentimes at the contributions of you guys, the guys that listen, and gals. I get emails, I get tweets, I get DMs from people all the time, and and a lot of times those are the talking points. And keep those coming, whether I ask a specific question or and I'm soliciting a response, even if I'm not. If you got something on your mind about this team, shoot me a note because I love – this, this is how the, the podcast has kind of evolved for me, where before it was headlines, news, analysis, blah, blah, blah. And then at some point, I started integrating the Twitter questions in and the more correspondence with the audience, and suddenly the podcast, to me, got a lot more interesting from a subject standpoint. I can come on here and read you the stats and give my thoughts on things and analysis, but I'll be honest with you, if I was still doing that, all, what, three or four years later now, I don't think I could do it anymore. The reason why I can still do this podcast, and it's daily. It's hard to do a daily podcast every day and keep you guys coming back every day. But the reason I can do it is because of the correspondence I get from Flyer fans. Because it has now become not just a podcast, even though as I sit here in my home studio by myself, talking into this microphone, it can feel almost lonely in a way, or like I'm talking to no one. But when I have that interaction with the audience, you guys, the listeners, it becomes not me talking into a microphone in my studio by myself. It becomes a conversation. And the the amount of great correspondence we get from you guys is the reason that is. And oftentimes, you guys lead me in a direction of something that I didn't even know I was interested in, an angle. So let's get to a couple tonight, and we're still going to kind of tip back into what we talked last week about, you know, David had tweeted me or DM'd me and said, is this who this Flyers team really is? 
after that loss against Columbus, and I still have some responses to go through from that. But I got this email yesterday, 11.47 a.m., from John Lyon. Um, and you can email me, jason.mertetus, M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S, at gmail.com. And that's what John did. And he said, hey, Jason, love your show. Could you address the back-to-back situation on your podcast? He said, it seems the Flyers always face an inordinate number each season with 17 last year and 15 this year. What are the typical numbers for other teams? Also, what is the impact upon performance in the second night statistically when the opposing team did not play the night before? And finally, are there more injuries on the second night? He said, I think it's fair to say that when 34 of 82 games are part of back-to-back combo, as experienced by the Flyers last season, the team is likely to experience more injuries and to suffer more losses simply because of scheduling. Thanks, John Lyon. John, it's a great email. And again, this is one of those subjects I didn't know I was interested in. It's something I've talked about before and I've done some research on. And I did some research on this year as well in preparing to answer your question. So first of all, um, the fact that you love the show, thank you. Um, Dressing the back-to-back situation, it seems like the Flyers always face an inordinate number. Well, teams in this Northeast region do have more. Now, why do they have more? They travel less. If you're a team like Anaheim or Dallas or Winnipeg, you have to travel a lot more geographical miles than a team like the Flyers, the Rangers, the Devils, the Pittsburgh Penguins even, Washington. The Flyers, I mean, they have multiple trips a year that aren't more than a train ride. I mean, if you're playing the Caps, you take the train to D.C. there and back. If you're playing the New Jersey Devils, you're taking the bus. If you're facing the Rangers, you're taking the train right into 30th Street. You don't even get into the city. You literally get off the, the train there in New York and take an elevator up to the rink. You know, there's a lot of those trips. The island, not far. There's a lot of really close trips. Even Florida, two-hour flight. Carolina, 90-minute flight. Pittsburgh, it's there and back. I know Chris Pronger wrote a string of tweets about playing for the Flyers and how much better the travel was than when he played in Edmonton or he played in Anaheim and how much he was in his bed by 1 or 2 o'clock every night where you're in those other cities, they are really long grinding seasons. So those teams don't play as many back-to-backs. It's a way of balancing it. So the team with the least amount of back-to-backs this year is the Vegas Golden Knights. They have seven. I'm not sure why that is. I don't know if that has something to do with teams don't want to be in Vegas too longs or multiple nights, but this isn't just home, but it's also rope. They only have seven back-to-backs. Seattle, the other team that just recently came into the league, only eight back-to-backs. Now, three teams have 10, and this starts to fit into the travel schedule. Calgary, Edmonton, and Dallas. Those, All those teams have tons of air miles. And then 11, Anaheim, Washington, and the Los Angeles Kings. I'm surprised to see Washington with only 11 because of where they're located, but they only have 11. Uh, teams with 12, Arizona, Minnesota, Ottawa, Florida, the Devils, and Nashville. Stands to reason. I'm surprised Arizona doesn't have less, but they don't. And maybe part of that is also because they're sharing an arena with Arizona State. 
Uh, also with 12 back-to-backs, Winnipeg, Colorado, Vancouver, Buffalo, and Montreal. 14 back-to-backs, Chicago, Toronto, Carolina, Boston, Detroit, San Jose, St. Louis, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. All teams on the fringe. And then the teams with the most are the teams condensed in this New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area. The Islanders, the Penguins, and the Flyers have 15. The only teams with 16 are the New York Rangers and the Columbus Blue Jackets. So these are the teams that are convinced in this area. Columbus, and that's Ohio, it's a little different, but sometimes you come out and you take on two teams. Like when you go to New York, you'll get the Islanders and the Rangers. It just makes sense geographically. It's like when you go to Florida, you get Florida and you get Tampa. But the Flyers with 15. Now, as part of your other part of uh, your email and your question, uh, John, you know, how do the teams perform in the second night statistically when the opposing team did not play? It's There is a pretty pronounced advantage for a team that didn't play, but it's more than just the team that didn't play the day before. There's a lot more that goes into that equation. You know, has the team that's on the back-to-back, is it the fifth game in eight days? Is it the fourth game in six days? There's all these different parts of that equation. I don't think you can just look at it as, did they play the day before or did they not? Have they played four and six matters more than if they played the day before or they didn't play the day before. Or they played five and eight. And where was the travel? Were they traveling time zones? I think all of those pieces of the pie matter. So like, kind of when you're looking at gambling, you have to consider all those different elements. Because it's not about just the game tonight with the game that preceded it. Sometimes it's about four games in six days. And that that's why I say a lot of times, it's not who you play, it's when you play them. What you're getting with that team. What have they been through over the last calendar week from a schedule and travel standpoint? What have you been through over the past week from a travel and schedule standpoint? All of those things kind of go into it. So, uh, you know, it's going to be... You know, you get your back-to-backs, you take them here, but you get the better earlier if you're a player. It's That's the trade-off that you get in some ways. Uh, let's get to one more of these because I got a good DM uh, from Eric Bowman. Eric says, great job on the pod shows. I wanted to get your thoughts on something. First off, I've been impressed with what I've seen from the team so far this season. They've shown effort every game, win or lose. That's all I have wanted. Give me a team that gives a damn, and I'll be happy. I'll be happy for a period of time with a team that gives a damn, but eventually I want to win. So my little editorial comment. He says, as far as expectations go, normally it takes most teams two months to really show you who they will be for most of the season. With the Flyers starting out in a in better shape by far than other teams, I think we will see other teams start to catch up to the Flyers' pace. I think another in another month, we can really see what the Flyers' expectations should be for the rest of the season. Thoughts on that? And then he just says, we'll see how it all plays out. Love the coach. This summer will bring big change one way or another. Next year should be a turn-the-chapter type of season in the right directions. Thanks for the time, Eric. All right, Eric Bowman, good question. Um, first and foremost, there's one thing I disagree with pretty wholeheartedly. Um, the notion that the Flyers started out the season in better physical shape than the other teams in the league. I I don't think that's the case. I think they started out in great shape. I think everybody starts out in great shape in 2022. Because if you, you, you don't get in shape in camp anymore. And I'll be honest with you, Eric, John Tortorella pulled back a lot of his conditioning and extreme conditioning in training camp because he had too many guys that were banged up. 
he changed his plan substantially from what his original plan was from a conditioning standpoint. They're well-conditioned. They came in well-conditioned. I think every team comes in well-conditioned. I don't think you see teams sucking wind. I think I know a lot of people have kind of brought that up. I don't buy into that in any way, shape, or form. I think some individual players came in in better shape than they've ever come in, but I don't think guys got in better shape than they've ever been since camp started or the season started. So um, that's one thing I do disagree with. Uh, But as far as expectations go in the two months thing, I'm going to kind of disagree here a little bit too because – you know, we know the stats. I know Elliot Friedman cites the stat of November 1st. If you're not within four points of a playoff spot on November 1st, the chances of you making the playoffs are 20%, and the chances of you making the playoffs are 80%. Same thing goes for uh, American Thanksgiving. If you're in a playoff spot come American Thanksgiving, 80% of the time, you'll be a playoff team at the end of the year. That's not really two months. That's about six weeks into a season next week. So, uh, you know, two months maybe, but those numbers are pretty pronounced. When you say that a team that's in a playoff position at American Thanksgiving makes the playoff 80% of the time, that's a pretty significant number, and that's pretty early to figure that out. Now, part of that also is, you're not chasing the standings. You've, you're off to a good start. And when teams start chasing the standings and everything that goes with that. So I, I don't know who the Flyers are yet. It's why I have not changed even a hint of my expectations for this year. And I don't plan to. Probably until January. Maybe I'll recalibrate. I don't even know that they'll need recalibrating at that point. Who knows? This Flyers team, I think you're right in the sense that, you know, we'll find out who they are probably two months in. But the league is, finds out a little earlier than that for a lot of teams. We'll see if that's the case for the Flyers or not. Um, Great stuff from Eric Bowman. Appreciate his tweet and DM that he sent me and John Lyons' email that he sent me. Keep them coming. I always appreciate them and I love talking and having these conversations because um, this isn't stuff I would just think of on my own. So, uh, I love the fact that everybody contributes to the conversation, and uh, we all sit around the bar here, and we pull up a chair, belly up, and have a cocktail, and we talk about these different subjects surrounding the Philadelphia Flyers. Flyers and Columbus tonight in Columbus against the Blue Jackets. Columbus depleted a little bit. No Orinsky, no Line. A. See if the Flyers can get a win on the road tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow, though. Everybody, join us then tomorrow as we break down Flyers Columbus on a brand new edition of Flyers Daily. Here we go.